0: Welcome to the Gaming Coop, the best space to talk about video games. Let's introduce today's players. Player 1 is prepared to be folded. It is Gabe. Hi, Gabe. <laughs> Player 2. Whams, bams, and thanks you, ma'am. It's Anthony. Hey. Player 3 is a fiery redhead from a dragon garden castle surrounded by hot boiling lava. But don't let that cool you off. He's a loaded pistol who likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Yours for the rescuing, Princess Chris. That's me. That's that's that's, that's that, was, that, was, that, was, that was that was that was my intro. <laughs> All right, Player Four loves a good competition and is real handy with a bow in every game they play. They're the cutest starred pigman you'll ever see. It's Kelsey, <laughs> and Player Five is a real guy's guy and positively pops in pastel colors. Watch out, Tortilla Chips. This guy's dangerous. That's Walsh. That was a lot of peas. <laughs> <laughs> and player six claims that lions are his favorite animal, yet Pyroar isn't his favorite Pokemon. It's Goku. It's Matt or Gokubs. Hello.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome, everyone to the gaming coop the first ever episode that we're doing this uh if you uh, don't already know we are uh part of team chaos productions which is a bunch of podcasts that we've been doing for the last year or so with virtual ball boys and table party and dock of shame uh and uh you may have been coming from one of those or you may be completely new to us and then that if that's the case we would love to, for you to get to know us a little bit more so i'm going to ask the group a few questions real quick uh just well i'll even just do it under one umbrella question uh what is your earliest gaming memory and what does gaming mean to you let's start let's start uh, with uh, Anthony we'll, we'll start from I'll, I'll go down the discord chat
2: I'm honored so my first gaming memory is um, when I was really little probably about three years old my dad and I had a game on the Sega Genesis called Operation Desert Storm or something along those lines. Hmm and you would pilot an attack helicopter around the Middle East. And looking back, a little problematic, uh, but (laughs) you would do good things like, you know, saving school buses that were stranded in the desert. Uh, But anytime we blew something up, we would say, hot damn, together. And it was really sweet.
0: That's really awesome. And what, what does video games generally mean to you?
2: So... It's hard to say because video gaming is, you know, probably my biggest hobby. Um, I guess video gaming is in some ways an escape, in other ways it's an achievement, but most importantly, I see it as something that brings people together. Um, even when you play a single player game, you form these experiences that really help you connect with other people. And it's... Sort of transcends the other things in your life. It gives you some common ground on which to really make friends with people.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, What about you, Matt?
1: So, uh, oh geez, throat wasn't cleared. Um, So I'd say my earliest gaming memory. um, I had I played a lot of like old PC like Putt Putt and Backyard Sport games and all that. but the the one that really like cemented me as like video games are a thing was Jack and Daxter for the PS2. I remember playing that a little bit at my cousin's house and being just enamored with it. Mm. And it uh it was I was able to convince my uh, parents or I don't know if it was us convincing necessarily, but we got a PS2 for Christmas one year, and I got uh. I got a bunch of games. I think Jack and Daxter was, was definitely one of them. Um, one of them was SpongeBob Revenge of the Flying Dutchman, of course, which was the ah. first game that I played on the PS2. There it but is. Jack and Daxter kind of both convincing me to get a PS2 in the first place and also just kind of being a, a staple of my life. And it was like one of the first games I, I decided to 100% uh, really just stuck with me for a really long time. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and and um, general. And you, you, did you did you answer? Uh, in terms of what gaming generally means to you, uh,
1: not 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 the one that I wanted to give. Um, so kind of the same as Anthony. I think that gaming is is a big thing in terms of getting people together and uh, allowing uh, al- allowing a lot of people to bond for it. I literally would not be here uh, with the current set of people that i'm friends with had it not been for uh games both um gabe and i have been friends for a while and we really bonded over games and i would not know any of the rest of the people in this chat had it not been for uh games like my sims kingdom or minecraft uh Mm -hmm. getting me to uh, in contact with chris so
0: absolutely how about you gabe
3: um, my earliest gaming memory, um, it was whenever I used to visit my grandparents' house, I would also be playing on the Sega Genesis, and, um, I'd play this, uh, little known game, uh, it's pretty, pretty low-key, it's called Sonic the Hedgehog, um, <laughs> that, yeah. I don't know if I've heard uh, about that before. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, it just, I would never be able to get past Green Hill Zone, because I was so bad, like, mm. But it was just the most fun I've had, like, like one of the earliest, like, just fun memories I've I can remember. Like, mm-hmm. and I I can't remember most of my childhood, but like, that's definitely like a standout.
0: Yeah. And what about uh what what about like what, what does gaming generally mean to you?
3: What it means to me, um, well, uh, kind of how both Anthony and Matt said, it's just a means of bringing people together and. <clears throat> um just just to have fun and um i like to be very competitive when it comes to video gaming like i i used to play, uh, play smash competitively and um well um well super smash rose and uh like i would actually like make money from it which was really cool sure um, i also like to do some speed running sometimes uh mainly Shovel Knight, which is a game I know like the back of my hand, especially Plague of Shadows. But um, like for me, it's both with competition and bringing people together.
0: Absolutely, man.
4: Uh, what What about Walsh? Okay, so I was thinking back to some of like the first games I ever played, and I genuinely had to think, and I think it might be Reader Rabbit, for like <laughs> oh that, you'd like man. just like throw a disc in in um, uh, in your computer and just play some Reader Rabbit. Uh, other than that, I, I, st- I've started. Da- I like as you guys were speaking, I started down a wormhole of trying to find it. Um, I was also reminded of I used to have this like. Does anybody remember like LeapFrog or like Leap Pad? Uh, oh, yeah. where it would have like, like a stylus and you'd like click on it? It was something like that, except yeah, it was like yeah. like a tablet with pictures on it. And you would play a SpongeBob episode on the TV, and it was connected to the tablet, and you would like tap on like mini games that were happening during the episode. It was wild. That's that- that's 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 like technology out of if we even have now. <laughs> like that's, that's it, exactly it wasn't cool. good, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, as, as good as it can. Be, and I think it like, came in a package. Cool. It was like one SpongeBob episode, one Dora episode, and then one like I don't know, like Rocket Power. It was wild. Okay, <laughs> that's that is insane. Uh, and then what? Generally, uh, what do what do video games mean to you? Um, for me, it's it's very much, um, it's it's a language, and it's it's uh, something that really brings people together. Um, yeah. It's just that uh, to me, it's just like an amazing kind of interactive media that. Uh, a lot of people can kind of find purchase it. Definitely, and uh,
0: Kelsey.
5: So we're recapping what our earliest game memories are, and then what video games mean to us, right? Yes. Okay. So. For me, my first, I had to like really reflect on my first gaming memories because if you had asked me to come up with it like super quick, I didn't have time to think of it. I would have told you that it was my Game Boy Advance or Game Boy SP, actually, um, and all the games that I played on that. But when I really thought about it, technically, my first gaming memory was the original Wolfenstein on the PC that my dad put me in front of when I was like way too young. (laughs) Like I explicitly remember shooting dogs. like like, having to get to hitler and like i i I have that memory i was definitely too young (laughs) Um, but (laughs) beyond that uh also because i always i will always say that i'm not a pc gamer i am much more i've more into like the mobile gaming or um handheld stuff uh or the consoles but uh younger it was freddy the fish and Pajama Sam, Mm -hmm. and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, and then eventually, like, Rollercoaster Tycoon, um, and all those games. Uh, So it was definitely on the PC for all that time. And then it was my Game Boy SP, which I played the Hamtaro games, and The Sims uh, Bustin' Out, and Herbs, and Pokemon Pinball, uh, Ruby Sapphire, was, like, my jam. That was my favorite. Um, And then... From there, the first big console that we had was the PS2. And this is all within, like, probably three or four years of each other. <laughs> like, this is all, like, one after the other. Um, we had gaming whiplash.
4: But,
5: yeah, so uh, that was kind of my... I remember, like, you being more, Chris, into, like, the GameCube. I don't remember being as into the GameCube. Sure. I was definitely more into the PlayStation. Mm. Um, ATV, Offroad Fury. Yes. Uh, SSX.
1: Yep. American Idol. Mm-hmm. Those were, like, my
5: big... So that was all I know. That's a lot of things to say as my first gaming memory, but they really are in my brain, all crammed together as like my first. That was like memory.
0: one week of your of your lifetime. Yeah, essentially. like <laughs> it really
5: feels that way when I think about it. Yeah. so like that's that's why I gave you all. Yeah, that a big old gaming binge.
0: Uh, and and then just yeah. generally, what does what do video games and being able to play games mean to you?
5: So, I definitely was like a super 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 casual gaming person, like, I would I would go to things occasionally, but that wasn't my main source of entertainment. Um, but then when I met my fiancé, that definitely, like, took a total spin because his entire world is video games. So I was introduced to a lot more that I became really um, familiar with and enjoyed much more. But for me... My, my biggest things that I enjoy playing with games. I like solitary gameplay. Like, I don't like playing with people for the most part. I know that goes against <laughs> everything that everybody has said. Like, I'm a rogue participant at this point. Um, That's okay. But I, I just don't don't like that as much um, when it comes to video games. So I'm much more of, like, an RPG, FPS player. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has to have really strong narrative and really beautiful graphics.
1: Mm-hmm. And those are,
5: like, because I'm my biggest thing that I love is storytelling And I feel like those two things are what tells a really good story. Mm -hmm. So that is what's most important to me in my games and what I most enjoy in my games.
1: Absolutely. I just just poetry snapped to that. (laughs) Yes, I heard. Thank you. I thought thought
4: somebody's spine broke in four different places. (laughs)
0: <laughs> just all of a sudden, like just someone just bent in half. Well, or somebody to just furiously <laughs> flipping a light. Just practicing nose, frog too. nose for nose Rattu. Rattu. <laughs> 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 all right nose for all. All right, I'll just. Uh, I, I mean, I think everyone pretty much touched on it. I, I Kelsey, actually pretty much embodied a lot of my ch- early childhood uh, ma- memories. It was well, a lot. To of...
5: be clear for the listeners. We are siblings.
0: Yes. Yeah. Together. <laughs> yes. So a lot
5: of our early memories.
0: Yeah, overlap. that's that's part of the TCP lore, and I think we should add some more lore and and just saying that uh, the fiance you're referring to is Anthony, uh, who is yes with us today. hello is a family affair <laughs> Anthony and, need a, this need is a Wikipedia page to yes <laughs> get yeah get the, the, the Team Chaos Productions wiki has been like uh, on, like had like a bunch of stubs and so I'm hoping that like that kind of gets that gets fixed on top. And,
5: I was so, I was actually
0: Oh yeah,
4: and I'm, and I'm okay. your father. Um, okay.
0: I was,
5: <laughs> was going to say you're my children from my first marriage, but that's fine.
4: Uh, no, I was actually thinking the other day, I was like, damn it, I can't remember something from Table Party. God, I wish I was famous enough to just check the wiki. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there one day. Um, So um, yeah, welcome. I know that that was a long intro and everything, but I felt felt like it was a good conversation to have... Um, Oh, wait, I didn't, I didn't completely answer the question. But basically, yes, gaming is amazing. And I think what what's so great about it is that it... Like, I, I always... What always gives me chills is watching people react to Banjo-Kazooie getting into Smash. That, to me, always gives me chills because it's like, man, this character that, like, is just, like, I know is beloved, but, like, hasn't really been around that much like people lost their minds the moment that he got added to the the roster and i just like the joy that gaming brings people it's so much different than any other media because of the fact that we are part of it we can actually be part of it we're not just viewers we're actually involved in these games in some capacity and it's it's just it's so nice, and I'm so glad that we get to have this podcast to kind of talk more about the games that we love. Um, this is uh, a this is gonna be a monthly podcast, uh, just because we have a lot of other projects that we're working on, a lot of real life stuff, and also TCP stuff that we're gonna probably focus on more. But figured that every month or so we'd come together just talk about what we've been playing, uh, whether we love it. Uh, or we uh, just need to rant about it who knows uh, but this is the space uh, for us to really uh, really talk about it and um, I'm I'm really excited to get into it we have six games that we're gonna touch on today um, and I think all of them are gonna be uh, worth checking out uh, if you haven't haven't seen any of these before uh, I'm sh- I would be surprised if you haven't seen all of them but uh, maybe it's uh, just worth kind of uh, exploring it with us and with that, Let's get to our first first segment with player one, uh, Gabe. Uh, tell us about Paper Mario: Origami King.
3: Well, um, uh, let's do a bit of a like a background thing. Sure. Um, I uh, it's only been until very recently that I've like actually played any of the Paper Mario games. Like mm-hmm. back in two thousand fourteen or fifteen. I got Paper Mario for the N64 on the Wii U. And I know that's not the best port of it, but, like, I thoroughly enjoyed what I played. I wasn't able to finish it because it was on the Wii U. (laughs) I didn't really uh, spend much time on it outside of, like, playing Super Smash Bros. on the Wii U. Mm -hmm. But um, that was a pretty good, like, step into the series. Um, After that, I ended up getting the Thousand Year Door for the GameCube. And I i got like uh this was a few years later um i got like halfway through the game and th- uh this was when matt or go cups was around like uh, i played i played some of it in front of him and it was thoroughly enjoyable like i think i liked it even more than 64 just like i know this sounds kind of shallow like just for like mostly for the visuals like i think the game looks gorgeous that's fine the yeah um, but, like, I'm not knocking the 64, uh, Paper Mario, but, like, I prefer the more, like, crisp, like, the crisp quality that all the sprites have mm. in, in Thousand Year Door. Um, but I never got, re- really got to finish either of them. Um, then, I never, I, I've only seen gameplay of Super Paper Mario and colors uh, and Color Splash but um i did end up getting sticker star for the 3ds and like after like a day i dropped it because i was so like i was not engaged at all just it was just so boring like <laughs> a lot of people it felt was like just that. so boring and yeah i just could not like commit myself to playing it so i ended up like selling it like two weeks later just to like get back some money that i spent on it Mm. um i heard that color splash was better but i still didn't end up getting it because i was the combat seemed more the same and i that really disinterested me um but up until the origami king was announced like two months ago uh i was kind of like oh paper mario is kind of going downhill but i got super super excited when origami king was announced because the combat actually looked like it was engaging like uh you would actually have to think, and like I've, I'm about like a quarter of the way through the game, uh, or a little bit more than that, and just based from that, I'm having I'm already having like a blast. Like I'm just so much fun, um, like everything about the game. Uh, there are some things like c- that I can nitpick about, but I'll save that for another time. Sure. But um, well, visually, the game is stunning. Like even on the Switch, it's just gorgeous just gorgeous like Mm -hmm. all the paper stuff is just phenomenal um the score for the game jesus christ i (laughs) i love um i love like when actual bands play the soundtrack for a game like uh, super mario 3d world was is like one of the most memorable video game soundtracks to me just because of the live performance that they did performances that they did Mm -hmm. but like so far all of the music is so memorable and I haven't forgotten any of it. Like the battle theme just <clears throat> it's just so good.
1: <laughs>
5: Can I just and I don't I don't want to like completely interject or whatever but like I'm going to do it anyway. But I think that just to your point, I think that music, cause I know I said before that like narrative and and the the graphics are really important, but I swear that a game can be so low par on almost every other thing and if it has a good soundtrack I'm hooked mm. like I agree I think that yeah. that is such an important part of the atmosphere of a game to keep us in and and want us to keep going and give us that whole ambiance that we're looking for to like transcend us into that world so it makes me really excited to hear that that's something that's so good about this game
0: Yeah, and, and to echo that like I I I would argue and I I I could be very wrong here um but I I just think it's either one of the best or the best uh soundtracks uh of a switch exclusive um that I've heard um uh, thus far like uh, of all the games that have come out it's just it is every area you go in, it it just comes to life so much more because of the fact that the music and I like the level design's amazing. The art style of the game, just like they really doubled into like the art style of it. Um, And I think my favorite thing was the collectibles. (laughs) I just, I love, (laughs) I love, I love games with collectibles with uh, you, you are trying to like find toads in area, like all the areas and the toads, like they're not like, they're not annoying and as like other paper Mario games, like they're, they actually have really funny dialogue um, as you find them um, and then there's treasure chests and like hidden question blocks you have to find it's just it, 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 like for a completionist like this is like an amazing deep dive if you want to just go hard and trying to complete a game I, I'm still trying to do so um, it's but it's it is it's a it is a, a treat
1: one note that I love that I've seen I've, I've not played the game but um, in some areas where there's a speaker on the tree if you hit the tree with the hammer, the speaker falls down and the music stops. Yes,
0: <laughs> that that's like I think the campsite. I think that's where that, where that happens.
1: It's it's such a funny detail. Yeah, the,
0: the, yeah. This game really is just, adds to the charm and the tone. It's really it's really super detailed um, on that front. Um, the the I, I think that like the only like criticism that I would give the game, and I, I've I've talked about this with uh, some of you guys before, um. There's just there's just some character design things that I think that the Paper Mario community made has made made very clear that they're not happy <laughs> about like that they they find that some of the character designs are not they're are kind of bland and I'm not necessarily talking there's like there's like a bomb um, that a bomb bomb that like calls himself bomb bomb and later is referred to as Bobby um, that just kind of looks like a bomb bomb uh, and without a fuse. Um, and I, that's where a center of a lot of people's criticism is that, like, he's such a great character, but just doesn't have, like, a very unique design, but I, I have, like, other examples, but I don't want to spoil anything necessarily that come later in the game, where I, I literally, like, just at at one point where I saw a character, I was just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) They could have made this so much better in terms of, like, like a really in-depth character design, um... And I, I I wasn't like completely thrilled with the art material bosses, but I love the rubber band boss a lot. It's really <laughs> it's just this human this humanoid rubber band boss thing that you fight. That's so it's just so fucking good. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, anyone else have thoughts?
4: So uh, yeah, it's reading. Oh, go ahead. Uh, go I'm I'm actually not too familiar with Paper Mario. I've watched um some some playthroughs of it some some things here and there um so is the and so i guess to to put myself in like the perspective of maybe some people who aren't as familiar um or or i'm even curious about like the origami king is i'm looking at you know pictures of it is the plot that like characters are being folded up into origami Mm -hmm. and they need to be saved or uh, um what is what's kind of going on here
3: uh, as far as I know, yes. Uh, th- yes, that's the case.
4: Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm hooked. I- <laughs> it's just like such like a very simple uh, simple idea. Like, because uh, I know you, you kind of take the, the Mario world and you get to explore it in this very new kind of fashion of making a lot of different things two-dimensional and even exploring uh, how those can even affect gameplay. But then taking it a step further and now playing into these like or the the idea of origami i think i find i find very interesting
3: Mm -hmm. and like one of the (laughs) uh i used to do this when i was younger uh primarily back in high school i actually did used to take part in like origami like i used to actually make a ton of stuff uh with origami so Mm -hmm. as soon as i saw like the idea of the game i was hooked from the beginning because it's something that i like recognize so well and it's just it's just a neat idea that they have. I know they've done like origami themed bosses in previous Mario games, like Hook Hooktail. Like it's yes. just a big old thing of origami, but um, but like to have it be the central gimmick about the game is it just really pleased me.
2: Uh, Ethy, you were gonna say something? Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, you're talking about the like office supply bosses, and I was reading about that, and apparently. They're not allowed to create new characters in the Mario universe, so they either repurpose pre-existing characters to be bosses, or they come up with things that aren't necessarily, or rather, couldn't be construed as future characters in the universe. Which is why you fight like a stapler at some point. Yeah, I think.
0: you, you. There's basically like any any art craft art material that you fight. Um, that, like, it's basically all these materials are used to create origami in some capacity.
2: Okay, I see. So it's not really just an arbitrary thing, then. It actually has story significance. Yes,
0: it, it does. I just, I thought, I just wish they had, like, Eyes, <laughs> like was just, saw just
3: slap her. a pair of yeah. googly eyes on, like her.
0: like some so a little bit just a little bit extra character traits to them. Um, I wonder why that's the case for like for the Mario property that they couldn't add more characters. Is there like a specific reason that you saw there? Um, like that were that they said that
2: they couldn't create anything more or add more to the lore. Um, no, I didn't see a defining reason, and you know with Nintendo. They are just a vault of secrets. Sometimes I get it, like I get it. we may never know, but it may be that like creating a new Mario character can have so many different implications. Like if they create an origami boss, like are they gonna have to add it to like the new Mario Tennis game? Not that there is one. I'm just saying. Sure. Um, but maybe that's why you know.
0: Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, all right. Uh, I think does, unless anyone else has a, a thoughts, we can move on to the next game. Let's go. All right. Uh, Next up, player two is Anthony with World of Horror. Take us away.
2: So this is a wonderful game to follow up talking about a cheerful, sunny Mario game (laughs) um, because it is anything but. So I guess in one sentence, World of Horror is a retro styled roguelike where you investigate paranormal In a Lovecraft and Junji Ito inspired game. So it's set in 1985, and that flows through even the user interface. Uh, The game is text based with, you know, some graphics, um, and it's one or two bit. You get to pick. (laughs) Um, And every level, every enemy, everything in the game is lovingly drawn in this like pixel art style that really evokes all-time greats in horror manga so junji ito is known for body horror so in so many words that's essentially where something is wrong with somebody's body it's very revulsive So, for instance, one of the enemies, you might be investigating a lead in a forest, and you hear a branch snap behind you. And you see a girl with worms crawling out of her eye socket. And if she attacks you in the game, there's a chance you may get infected with those worms. So it's all very interesting, and it's gross, but it's also this cosmic horror. And that's where the Lovecraft influence comes in because one of the roguelike elements is that there's a different old god returning to the world. So some of them exert their power through mirrors, and other ones are spiders that make it so that you can't run away from enemies. And it's all very interesting, because every single time you play the game, it's going to be different in little ways. There are stat checks where... Hey, maybe you pray to this shrine and you find money behind it. Or if you're unlucky, you find a human hand and your character gets unsettled and just a little bit more close to completely losing it. And when you investigate these mysteries, there are multiple endings. Sometimes you don't get to the person in time and the person you try to rescue is dead. Um, In one of the scenarios, you're investigating this jar of eels that a friend gave you and your friend that's investigating with you slipped and fell on a puddle of blood and now you see her eye is pulsing and you have to make the choice do i rush her to the hospital or do i cut her eye open and try to help her out and the game never lets up it never lets you have an easy choice And sometimes you get really lucky, and sometimes you have to live with the consequences of a bad choice or an unlucky choice. But what really drives you to keep playing the game is a sense of exploration, a sense of discovery, a sense of what happens when you find out that what's causing this mystery is this crazy cosmic force, and you somehow beat it with a baseball bat. And it's really just an incredible game. And it's not even out of early access yet. So if anybody is interested in horror movies, horror manga, investigative games, I completely recommend it.
1: How long would you say a a playthrough takes?
2: So I'd say your average... One run through through is probably going to be about a half hour to 45 minutes. Yeah, in each one you investigate five stories, um, and each of those is usually about five ten minutes.
1: Awesome, yeah that that seems like the perfect length to uh, for a game like that with a lot of replay value and a lot of different paths to take. Definitely.
4: No, I uh, I remember I, I was looking at pictures and I was like, this feels very like Junji Ito, and then I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, hold on. <laughs> um No, I this like um this is right up my alley and I like I'm really surprised I haven't heard of this game until like you mentioned it. Um I'm I'm already like really into into all of this.
2: That's wonderful, yeah. It launched in early access back in March. Um and I mean it made some small waves, but people were kinda they weren't talking about it a few days in but they've added some really amazing updates and they keep adding more stories and different things to find so it's very very worth picking up
0: is it like um is it, so is it like as you go through each each path like is it kind of like just building towards like a like a like can you reach like a like a finale like a ultimate finale or something or is it just basically like um Yeah, just they all has different endings. There's not like one concrete like this is like the true ending uh, of sorts for
2: this game. So I'm glad you asked. Um, So the entire game is like this long term resource management, right? So like, let's say that you make the wrong choice and you break one of your bones or you get frostbitten. That's going to carry with you even after that mystery is over. And so do the level ups you earn, the skills you earn, the allies you make, the weapons you find. And after every mystery, you find a small key in your mailbox. And when you finish all five mysteries, and you have five keys, you can go and unlock the lighthouse that's been locked as long as you can remember. And on every floor, there's a different challenge that's going to test some aspect of your character's stats. And when you finally reach the top, you confront the Elder God that is looming over you this whole playthrough. Uh, That's something else I forgot to mention, by the way. The entire game, every choice you make, if you delay yourself, you bring the Old God closer and closer to destroying the world. So sometimes you have to think, do I really want to check out what's in that shop? Because that's going to make... that's going to waste a day. Um... And the ending, as far as I can tell, it's not always a violent ending. Sometimes it's just like you get there and you knock over the telescope like the Elder God's not coming back today. But um, yes, everything you do is essentially preparing you and your party for this final showdown and this final test. But it can end prior to getting there as well. Yes, there are so many runs I've had where like I fight this really powerful boss at the end of the mystery, and I don't make it through. And there are two failure states for your character. One is where you lose all of your physical health, in which case you literally die. The other is when your mind snaps. So you also have a sanity meter called reason. and anything that's like otherworldly or eldritch drains that meter. And when you can't take it anymore, your character goes crazy and they can't stop the elder god. That's very
4: Lovecraftian.
2: Agreed, definitely. Wow. And, so to
5: clarify, you're saying that the there's essentially infinite ways to play the game because if you're if you can choose a different path each time and then you can make individual choices within each story, it's kind of like you can just play it forever
2: so ultimately it does boil down to, you know, maybe 10 stories or 10 investigations. Um, and there's a pool of random encounters, random enemies. Um, and those all have like pass or fail options. So the game is constrained somewhat because it all has to operate within things that they've drawn within things that they've written. Um, But there's also an option where, when you play, you tilt it to things that you haven't seen yet. Um, So it's not one of those games where you're necessarily going to be treading the same ground over and over.
0: Any uh, any other thoughts on World of Horror from the group? That it uh,
4: it Uh, it it just oh go ahead. No, for me it was just like this was out of this this one really interested me um because it's uh, i i'm very weird i um i'm I'm very much a baby when it comes to horror movies but i am very interested in the genre of horror i'm interested in like creating horror things like that um all the people all the people i've put through body horror through in table party no (laughs) um (laughs) you you know what i'm about (laughs) um but but yeah i was just like yeah i like lovecraft and i like junji ito and i'm like it's too bad they're from totally different worlds and it's like oh why <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh my who is that who is that beauty over there who's it, like face yeah, is like is great... scarred open and is full of worms and i'm like ooh <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah this is a great horror game to start with if you don't really like like the first person horror exploration game because at its core, it's really like a resource management and survival game. You know, the battles are all about like, okay, I'm going to plan out first I'm going to dodge. Then I'm going to ready my attack. Then I'm going to hit him with this baseball bat, you know. So it really lets you approach it with a more tactical mind, which opens it up to being scary in more meaningful and I think psychological ways. Mm-hmm
0: it's it sounds like it's gonna be it's like a, a great indie game and i guess once it's out of early access i think that maybe it'll become a lot more uh more popular i'd be curious how how it goes overall um and uh yeah if, if ls anyone else has uh additional thoughts we can move forward to game number three uh which is my game um i uh we went, we're going to continue on our body horror uh realm and talk about SpongeBob. Um <laughs> oh, and <laughs>
4: <the fuck>? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen the way he like flops on walls and
0: <laughs> Yeah, and he stretches himself. It's just uh Yeah. It's really okay. gross.
5: You're not going to tell me that Bubble Buddy isn't body horror?
0: Fair. You know what? Yeah, you got you got me there. Um so This is skin made of head. um so um so the spongebob SpongeBob games generally i mean or let me even go broader licensed games generally uh you always have to be careful with them because a lot of them are just kind of like advertising schemes um they are kind of like the like they put a game out there just to kind of bring attention to the actual medium that they're advertising whether it's a tv show movie or comic book although i would say the comics uh, tend to do better with video games and actually care a lot more about (laughs) video games but i digress um but when it comes to spongebob games there is a good chunk of them they're actually relatively decent and there's one game that I think is one of the best three D platformers of the PlayStation Two era, um in Battle for Bikini Bottom. Uh and most recently I got a remake uh for uh, for the new uh consoles, uh for Switch and for Playstation four and Xbox One, as well as a PC version and they uh they basically upped the uh the graphics and upped the you know, like made it so that way, it's just basically a whole remake. Uh, but it's not necessarily... There wasn't really much new. They just kind of made it more beautiful. Um, and then also added the multiplayer mode, which is, uh, for everything that I've heard, mediocre to just straight garbage. Um, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the, the game itself... Uh, oh, excuse me, I forgot my... I'm missing my notes here. Um, the, the main plot of Battle for Kitty Bonham is basically like a usual Spongebob episode, only maybe a little bit more in-depth. Uh, Plighton uh, is, once again, his usual ways trying to steal the Krabby Patty formula. Uh, and his method of doing so is creating an army of robots. However when he creates said robots he forgot to flip a switch uh that has uh that would basically uh it uh, set the robots obedience to him uh and it says obey and don't obey and he had it accidentally set to don't obey why he installed that onto his onto his machine no one knows but that's you, know, you got further plots along um and so the robots go and basically destroy bikini bottom and uh, the, the goal of the game is you play as Spongebob mainly, but you also get to play as Patrick and Sandy. Um, and you go through each of these uh, different uh, areas of Bikini Bottom, from Jellyfish Fields to Goo Lagoon, uh, Rock Bottom, Kelp Forest, all these uh, different areas. And you are trying to uh, stop, uh, clean up the robots throughout the town and also try to get into the, ch- the chum bucket to shut down uh, the machine and just shut down. Uh, what's happening uh, with the robots? Um, so it's to me, it's very like it has similar a similar system to like a Super Mario. I, I'm trying to compare it to like an older game, uh, Super Mario sixty four, a
1: little bit. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's like Mario sixty four if you didn't exit the world after you collected stars.
0: That's that's yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. So it's which yeah. is
1: what which is what Banjo Kazooie does. Yes, as well. Okay
0: so yeah so Banjo-Kazooie, mm-hmm. another good example of this
1: and it's it's
0: what I really love about this game is that it it, it adds so much so many more layers to the uh, the realm of SpongeBob that you don't get from a, from the TV show um, and it was made back when SpongeBob was like still like good <laughs> and so it really kind of played off of that um, off of like the really good era of Spongebob and kind of insert into a game that you could just explore in your own time. And it's, there's, it's, it's, kind, it's a little like, I, 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 it's not open world per se, but it's, it's, it is like you can just explore it and enjoy it and it's a lot of fun. You have all these different tasks that you could do to earn golden spatulas and then you use those golden spatulas to kind of progress through the game, um, earn abilities for Spongebob and, and ultimately get to plankton. Um, and another one last thing I was talking earlier about how much I love collectibles uh, the one of the best parts of the game is trying to find patrick socks um, which are scattered across uh, all the different levels um, and are hidden in very interesting places and you have to t- use different methods in order to get to those areas so uh, just it's a really good game I, I you could you could play the new version
2: but I definitely recommend playing uh, the old school version as well I have never seen Patrick wear a single sock,
0: that's or two socks <laughs> for that matter. That's it's a good question. I I could not tell you why that the, I think I'm, it maybe is part of the joke of the whole thing is that the <laughs> you're gathering Patrick's socks that he does never wear wears, but you know, <laughs> you, know you know we just kind of go with it.
4: You know there, there's there, there's not there's potholes in this game. I I, I won't lie. <laughs> Battle for bikini, Battle for bikini bottom feels like one of those games that almost like is there anybody here who has not played battle for bikini bottom Uh, like it just feels like one of those games that just like like so many people had and it was like the game to get you know what i mean um totally it's it, it it had no right being as good as it was um and yeah it was um and just the fact that it was like so far reaching on even like so many consoles too um it was just a lot of fun, and I'm really great. Yeah, this, they, this they was this it. was
1: one of my favorite games, um, and something that Chris and I bonded over early in our friendship, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. I I think I've hundred percent of this game more than any other. Maybe <laughs> ja- maybe Jack and Dexter I've done more, um, but I've i I know this game inside and out. I was really excited for the remake that could have been better, but was still a good a. Uh, 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 a good time and I think is still a good way to experience the game.
4: Definitely.
2: It's funny that you mentioned Jack and Daxter because I feel like it was very much part of that like mid-2000s PlayStation 2 platformer like revolution. That's one of my favorite eras of games. <laughs> I agree. Just so many good games like Ratchet and Clank 2, one of my yeah. favorite series of all time. It was a very good blueprint for a game of that era and I'm not mm. surprised to see that it's still... Survives to this day, and that people still wanted games like those remastered.
1: Totally, I think it's a it's a wonderful genre that we've seen a bit of a resurgence from with things like Hat in Time and Ukulele. Yep. Even though that one wasn't as good as it could have been, um. And there's there's a great like,
0: th- Psychonauts too. By the way, I forgot about that. Psychonauts. Yep. As well,
1: Yeah. Yep. There, there's a there's just a a, a cool sense of adventure. And challenge to your skills that can come from this game that don't really come from a lot of other um, from a lot of other game genres. And Battle for Bikini Bottom is one of the best, in my opinion. I I I don't
0: yeah I it's it's I know I know it's like oh god it's a SpongeBob game I I get it I I get why people might not want to play it but like if you just if you just enjoy a platformer of that era. Even with its like its flaws here and there, it's just it's so it's such a polished game for being a licensed Nickelodeon game. It's yeah. so nice. I, I it's just it, it really is it, it's great.
1: It becomes even better if you're a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Which of course I was. Yeah.
5: But and just just going back to what you just said, Chris, when you were like, um Oh, it's a SpongeBob game, That somebody would be like that and made me quickly think of like do you remember growing up and there would be kids that would be like my parents don't let me watch SpongeBob and he was always like why <laughs> yeah. like it was, it was so weird so like I so I just said to myself like who wouldn't like a SpongeBob game and then I remembered all those kids who grew up thinking that SpongeBob was like the devil incarnate and that his show was evil and that you couldn't watch it because I don't know he was a sinner I don't know why people wouldn't be allowed to watch SpongeBob but I just feel like
0: there is so there is some weird cult thing going on back then I don't know it's still happening I guess
1: today ha- happened happened with my game too that I'll, i'm talking about today yeah
0: oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, yeah the, it's there there's there's but but even like i think that there's some people who on the older side might like like old i'm talking like if we were all like kids i'm talking like teen like teenagers being like oh i'm too old for spongebob call of duty is my bible like they go like full <laughs> on like like it is if you just it, like, I, I i'm repeating myself but like it's It it is, it's even, it's, you, if you like SpongeBob, you'll love it, but it is, even as a game itself, it's still very good. And the characters are fun. There's some iconic lines from it um, that I very much hold near and dear to my heart. uh, Don't
1: ask questions you aren't prepared to know the answers to.
0: Yes, that, (laughs) that.
1: (laughs) That they took out of Rehydrated, which I pissed off about. Did they really? Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that. Why? I, I don't know. (laughs) that's it that that is there there is some yeah if i had to say like the remake real quick like they like they took out the ability to like replay bosses and they like like you you could replay the the like at the end of the game you could play in like a spongebob arena um and they took that ability away for you to replay that as well it there is just some weird things that like you're like that's a that's a weird hill to die on for the remake. <laughs> I think
1: it's uh, I I think it's a product of a little bit. It was a little bit rushed, mm. um, and there the there were some things that they just didn't think to take into account. Probably,
0: I yeah I, I but um, it's a it's a big speed running game though. People it, it, people love both versions in the speed in the speed running community. Um, yeah,
1: both games both games can be beaten in, in under an hour. There you go! It, wow, it's it, it th- <laughs> No, go, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no, no! no. Finish your thoughts. I, I
0: was, I was just gonna say that, um, that it, it is like, I, like when people saw that it come up on GDQ uh, for the first time, like a few years ago or whatever it was, the, mm. the <laughs> I remember people be like, "What is this game doing here?" And then people watched it and they're like, <laughs> "Oh." Oh, <laughs> how
1: good it was! Go ahead, uh, it, go ahead. It is an amazing game to speedrun. run. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I follow the 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 world record holder, um, and I, I watch I watch his runs every once once in a while. And it is it is insane the the level of shit you're able to do in this type of speedrun. Definitely, absolutely. Are we swearing in this podcast?
4: That yeah, I, I've
0: already
1: done so. Like <laughs> okay, okay. Well, <laughs> we are.
4: Matt, I swear to fucking god, if you curse on this podcast, <laughs> go, go, uh, you're gonna say something, Anthony.
2: Is poop a curse? Yes. <laughs> All right. It depends on what I had for dinner. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, I heard about them restoring some cut content for the original, from the original game. Is that right? It, it,
0: so they, they, there was some hype around that, and the big thing that they redid was robo squidward which was a a boss that was going to be in the original game but never got there um they restored it and made it the boss of the multiplayer mode um and again i've heard mediocre to garbage things about it Uh, It
1: a rush (laughs) of enemies with no real like end goal you just kill a bunch of the robots Gotcha. Um, but th-
0: th- there was like this, all this stuff about like, oh, Glove World is going to be in it. Like, cause that was a rumored level and that never yeah. got added to the game, which I, Patrick- to be fair. Patrick's
1: Dream as well.
0: Well, okay. Well, that Patrick's Dream, I will like, that I'm okay should've... with
1: Patrick's Dream being how it is because it's hilarious. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, but, e- but even like Glove World, like I don't even know how they would have inserted Glove World into the whole game. Yeah. So I'm okay with them not including that. Um, I would have, I, I, I agree with you that Patrick's Dream is perfect the way it is. I do kind of love the idea of like a, a level that's just made of ice cream or whatever the hell it was going to be. Like, I do, I would have yeah. loved to have at least experienced that.
1: But oh, you can play the sponge, SpongeBob movie game.
0: That's true. That's that's another <laughs> good game we may talk about eventually. Um, all right. I want to I move on here. Um, unless anyone, someone else has something to say about the game, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Um, we have before we move on to uh, our next game, uh, we have a quick uh, quick little mid podcast uh, a game that uh, Mr. Walsh uh,
4: pitched to me and uh, I said yes. So, what do you got? Okay, Walsh? guys. Okay, so I scoured uh Yahoo for uh in in the games and recreation section, uh very specifically to find the best. Uh, video game questions I could find um, so I have three right here that I'm going to ask you guys first so that I can get your opinions on them um, and then we can and, and then and then I can I can share possibly some of the the uh, the answers that I, I found uh, entertaining. Are we ready okay let's do it okay hold on let me just pull up this first one. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, this question, uh, right here, uh, is coming from anonymous. Uh, it says, "Is playing Grand Theft Audio is playing audio." I'm o- I've already <laughs> fucked up. I've already <laughs> fucked up. Is playing. You know what?
1: That that I w- if it was actually audio, I would not have. Um, I would not have. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't
4: have <I> fucking blinked. <laughs> is playing Grand Theft Auto a sin? Discuss. Sure, but like
0: sins are not necessarily like sins are overrated, let's just put it that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, let's go let's go through them. Is it greedy to play Grand Theft Auto? Yes. You steal other people's cards cars, so yes. Yes. Um, gluttonous is it gluttonous at all? Yes. Um
0: yeah, I, I would say so. Okay.
1: Sloth. I... You're slacking yes. off on other things. Yes. So yes. Um uh wrath. There's a lot of violence in the game, so yeah. Uh yeah. Um Envy. No, uh, actually wait, I want wait, I
4: want that guy's car. He has a nicer car. I'm gonna steal his car. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay, it. There that, you go. that's definitely envy's in there.
1: Uh which uh what's the pride. Is it prideful? Yes, I...
0: for like some like criminal organizations wanting to hold up a standard of being criminals.
1: Okay, and then is it? Uh, do you experience lust playing the game? Yes. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so wow, this I feel like, like
5: Chris like came in with a really strong answer
1: on that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, I'm so confused. You can you can hurt people in Grand Theft Auto. All I do yes, is obey are. the traffic laws. Have I been clause. playing it the wrong way? I've just been
4: driving around. <laughs> it's just so pretty. I just like I, I stop at all the red lights and I put on my turn signal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, if you want to talk about a violent game
5: in that category, it's it's Homer's hit and run.
0: Oh yes, the Simpsons, ah. the Simpsons hit and run. Yes, and run. that's violent. <laughs> that's it's a that's a deadly. That's a, just a bad, a, a very bad, uh, you know, game for kids. It just you, you you can't you put them in front of it for five seconds and they're scarred for life. Jesus will leave their body. Just just just. It's immediately. literally a felony.
5: <laughs> just, okay. just to play the game.
4: Here was here was my favorite uh, answer on uh, Yahoo on uh, uh, Yahoo questions. Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure it's a sin to have a child out of wedlock. But here you are, thanks to your sinful single mother.
5: <laughs> Holy fucking shit! <laughs> Guys, I guess we're cursing on the show. <laughs>
4: I All right. wow. Okay. Next one. <laughs> Alright, next one. Alright, all right. this one's a this one's a doozy. This one is also from Anonymous. Um, I'm glad I'm getting a second wow, question. Wow, there's so of. many questions. Yeah, okay. Video games riot your brain. They say you can't deal with the real world. Is this true? My dad said we can't get them. They are devil's toys? Update, I'm the only one that still rides a BMX and plays football and runs track. All my friends have video game systems. We just moved here. My dad says games are cell phones. Old school family.
1: Games are cell phones. Old school families. I'm gonna put that on my gravestone. So, guys, are do do video games ride your brain?
4: They say they say you can't deal with the real world. Is this true? My dad said we can't get them. Are they devil's toys?
1: Okay, are you just rereading are these lyrics? I feel
5: yes. like these are Song lyrics.
2: <laughs> do like a fallout Boy song.
5: <laughs> it sounds like a Fall Boy song.
1: <laughs> do video games ride your brain? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Patrick Stubb, is that you? I
0: um, man, I don't even know what to uh, oh, uh, what I what to say to that. I mean, if if I mean if you, sure, maybe like if you, I think, but it, I think it has more to do with like staring at a screen will probably melt your brain or and your eyeballs after a long period of time if you're doing it for so long. But that's I mean, that's really the only thing I can, the only connection I can really make there
1: playing video games will be more constructive than watching Fox News, which will rot your brain, so... This is true. (laughs)
2: Look, all I have to say is I'll 1v1 his dad in fucking Smash any day. LOL, noob.
4: uh you, you sound like one of the fucking answers to this question actually most of the, <laughs> most of these answers are either like most of these answers are either like i don't think so i think your dad just doesn't like them or my favorite one is just this like very toxic like atheist rant that just goes on and on oh my oh, god good. um news flash it, it, it contains the phrase "newsflash." there is no god if there were a god he wouldn't have taken my mother from me and my siblings when we needed her most that is... So do me a favor and tell your dad to shut the fuck up until he knows what he's saying.
0: That is that is a that is a guy who's on a mission right there. <laughs> Just a t- t- I'd reference Blues
1: Brothers, but he's not on a mission from God. He clearly said so. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
4: Um
1: I have I have one final question. Okay. Uh
4: also from Anonymous. It's been a busy day.
2: Anonymous strikes again. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Uh, from games- the games and recreation section. Why did dinosaurs smell so good? <laughs> Gasoline smells delicious! What made dinos smell so good?
5: Oh my god. This is why that, 2020 is going the way
1: that it is. That connection- wait, when, when was this question asked?
4: Three months ago.
1: Okay. Yeah, um, it's, it's 2020. That was, in the, that was in the current times. Um... <laughs> The fact that they like have that connection of gasoline and dinosaurs, which yeah, but I don't know. That's such a weird question to ask. Can you answer? No.
4: Why did, did dinosaurs? But guys, why did dinosaurs smell so
1: good? I mean, do, I they do chickens smell good <laughs> when why cooked? Once, yeah. Why did it,
0: Why did the chicken cross the road just to to get get his newest perfume?
5: <laughs> newest what?
1: Perfume what? was that? Perfume. <laughs> you sounded sounded like you said perfume, but with an extra Y in there.
0: Pure, f- pure fume. Per- I want perfume. my pure fume.
4: <laughs> it sounded like you said perfume, but without moving your lips. Perfume.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, that's what happens when I just, like, all of a sudden just shut down. Um, all right. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you for that, Matt. Oh, yeah my
4: my favorite answer was for the love of God, man, smoke less marijuana. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that is I think that's what was happening there because I like I don't, is he even like like is he at a museum right now or three months ago because that would be problematic. He shouldn't be there right now or at least if you are, wear wear a
2: damn mask.
1: Don't do that.
2: Yeah, how did dinosaurs smell? Do we even know if they had noses? <sighs>
5: Guys, I gotta cut this short. I gotta go. It's nice being here.
2: <laughs> what if Giannis,
4: what if dinosaurs just had big flappy elephant ears? We'd have no idea.
1: There's no bones in them. You're right.
4: No bones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's move forward here. Um, player four, Kelsey, tell us about the old man's journey.
5: Oh, it's my turn already? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so The Old Man's Journey is an adventure game that um, is by I think it's an indie designer um, Broken Rules is who developed and published it. I don't know any other games by them. I am simply highlighting it because this is one of the most gorgeous games I have ever played um it is an adventure game where you follow an old man on his journey hence old man's journey but you are essentially manipulating the terrain in order to get him to his next point and so it's delivered almost in like chapters um i think that there's i want to say anywhere from 12 to 18 chapters i don't remember the exact number Um, I found the game because I had just gotten a Nintendo Switch delivered while I was in the middle of recovering from COVID-19 and I was looking at different games that were available and Old Man's Journey while it came to mobile and PC in 2017 had gotten released for the Switch and PS4 in 2018 and I just found it in the um, store to pull it up and it is pretty short. I don't remember exactly how long the gameplay is but I was able to finish it within like i want to say maybe spent 8 to 10 hours on the game maybe if that um but the crux of the game is it is extremely narrative forward um in that you are taking this old man on a journey um that here he's starting with him at a certain point and you need to get him to his destination but along the way you are Reflecting and unlocking memories of his that tell you the journey that he had gone on to get to this point. And so it's kind of, there's two journeys going on. Um, but the, it's, it's, you learn about who this man is, why he's here, what he's going to, why it's important. But you only learn those things as you get him through each level or chapter by manipulating the landscape so it's kind of like puzzle and problem solving also, but I would definitely call it an adventure game. Um, the actual design of the game is a work of art. It is one of the most gorgeous games I've ever played. It is um, just every single little ounce of objects in the scene has its own gorgeous texture and color, and everything is just stunning. I don't know how else to say it. It's just visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Um out of the 24 awards that it was nominated for um, in that award cycle, it won 16 of them, and oh, was an shit. honorable mention or runner-up in five others. Um, and its average Metacritic score is about 78 out of 100. And so it, it was extremely well received as a game. And like I said, it was just kind of, for me, games have always kind of been about an escapism. And as I mentioned previously, I'm, mo- I mostly fall in love with games that are graphically and narratively gorgeous so uh this game fits every single part of that and for me it was about because um, I had been at that point quarantined for like three weeks and was still recovering in the middle of like my six weeks that I was really really sick so it was completely a way for me to escape from everything that was happening in my immediate sphere and go into this little stunning world of a different journey and somebody who was traveling across land and sea to get to his destination. So it was so perfect and totally cried at the end, like a baby. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I cried at certain points in the middle of it because it was so beautiful. But like when you finish it, it just is, it's so poignant and so good. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it, but I highly recommend that if you're just looking for like something to play that is a little bit of escapism, a different kind of, um, animation from other games that we're typically playing, and just a really good story. And, and, sorry, I'm not letting anybody else get a word edgewise if they <laughs> have something to say, but um, while this, the narrative itself is kind of simplistic in that this is the man, this is, you know, who he is and where you need to get him to go, it's delivered completely in a non linear way, the full narr- narrative of the story, because, as I said earlier, you're only finding out. Bits and pieces of important information as you continue the journey and unlock more information about like who he is or where he's going or why. So it's it's, it's very good, very very good. Be good. Sweet.
1: I
0: I, I um I I think like I, I I no one want like submitting it um but the best type of media is the media that can make you feel so many emotions that you just burst into tears and i i i very much am on the side of like i don't like to admit it but i enjoy it so much (laughs) and i have
5: always really 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 loved when a piece of art has moved me to tears yeah like i love finding something that i can feel so deeply about that i cry yeah like i'm not somebody who's like i don't know i've I think it's weird when people are like, I don't cry. I'm like, well, then you're not finding the right stuff. Because I (laughs) think that everybody needs to cry and everybody should love something so much and feel something so deeply that it, like, that to me is just part of being human. And I feel like this game, like, if I had to say anything about this game, it's so, so clearly and beautifully captures what it means to be alive and to make mistakes or have regrets and just keep putting one foot in front of the other, and live into an old age, and then, you know, whatever your choices become at that point, with your whole life of perspective behind you, like, that is what this game does. And that sounds super, super, super heavy, but it's not like you're in it for 300 hours, like, in, like, a Skyrim-type, where it's open-world, and you want to kill yourself by the end. Like, that's not what this is. It is a short game that is just beautifully capturing what it means to have lived your life. And so it's very good.
1: Yeah, I love I love games that can do that or a, a, anything that like you said can can move me to tears. Um I yeah. rewatched slightly off topic I rewatched um Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood for the third time um last week and the ending still made me cry even though I knew what was coming. I knew yeah. how it ended. Um
5: <laughs> Yeah, and something it's... that I do actually. I'm sorry, go ahead keep crying
1: Oh, it's it, it, it's a wonderful feeling and I think those moments stick with me for longer than just regularly playing a game.
5: Right, and like for me, like when you said you rewatched it and it makes you cry no matter what, I get to the point where I I watch something all the way through and something <laughs> has made me cry my my perfect example is the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy
1: mm-hmm. so
5: like I watch all those movies, it is like my favorite one of my favorite superhero-y type movies i get to the end of the third movie and i freaking lose my shit the first time i watch it like i absolutely ball i have like a meltdown i now can't watch these movies like i start from movie one and i just cry through all of it (laughs) because now i know what's happening and i think that it's so good and i just am so obsessed with it that i just cry the whole movie so like yeah. now when I I've actually opened up Old Man's Journey again and started from chapter one I'm like oh, good yeah. It's so good <laughs> like I just right from the get go I'm like sobbing so yeah it's it just it's just so I'm not normally somebody who ever gets the opportunity to play indie games just because I'm not putting myself in that space I'm not I'm a much more casual gamer than most of the people on this channel um and I don't really keep up with what's around I happened upon this and I'm so glad that I did
4: yeah. Kelsey, how much? How much did you pay for this, for the game? I'm just...
5: I really, it's a really good question. I don't. It wasn't like a full game
4: on
0: Steam. Um, it's eight dollars. I don't know if it's the same for the Switch.
4: Because I was, I was looking on mobile. Because I was, uh, the second you said it was on mobile, I went to look, uh, and it's only like five dollars on mobile. Um,
0: yeah, it's
5: it, it's nine ninety nine on Switch. And it, yeah. it
4: looks like it's like the whole thing. Uh, I I saw I I saw one of the reviews and it was like the whole review it was a four-star review and it was like it's great i love it amazing just wish it was longer and i was like bitch give it five stars if that's the only complaint (laughs) i do
5: agree to an extent only because i kind of ended up being able to predict pretty early on where i thought it was going to end up i was only a little bit off um by the end and i felt like I felt like it absolutely could have been longer only because I loved it so much, but like, I don't agree that that should have been a four star rating then. I wish it could have been like a 20 million star rating and oh my God, please make a sequel or right. bring in new stories that you can like add in that we can, I don't know. I just thought it was so, so well done that I wanted so much more from it. Cool. So while I agree with the sentiment of the review, that just is so stupid. No,
4: I, yeah, I didn't mean to, I, I'm more like calling it out as a joke.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. This, no, no, I know. This,
4: yeah. this looks amazing, and I'm already cool. very interested in in playing it, especially if I can kind of take it on the go with me.
0: Right. Um, real, real quick. Um, what, 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 what's the puzzles like in the game?
5: So, it is essentially that, and it, it gets more complicated as you move to, through each level. But you start out the say that the um, old man is in the foreground of the screen, and there is different like hills of terrain behind him. You click on this. I forget if you click on the screen or I guess you move the joystick. I forget exactly what the mechanics are cuz it was months ago and I feel like it's been 20 years since I played the game. Um but you can move the character but at a certain point you're realizing that you can't get him to like where he needs to get to in the screen and then you're prompted to take a hill and you can actually like drag it down so that he can step on the hill and then drag the hill back up so that he can then get to the next platform. So you're manipulating the landscape in a way that requires you to have the forethought of, because you can't you can't move any of the landscape that he's currently standing on. So like if the character is standing on a hill, you cannot move that hill. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the forethought, um, and kind of problem solving skills to be like, okay, if I make him walk here, then I can move this or have him jump over, like, or walk through this river. But if he gets here, he's not going to have anywhere to go, so I can't do that. So then maybe if I put him here first, like, that kind of thing. So you kind of have to think about how you're manipulating the landscape, but it's essentially a drag and drop type of functionality where you're selecting the landscape, moving it, and then letting go.
0: Okay, interesting. Uh, any other thoughts on Old Man's Journey from anyone else?
2: Yeah. It- I think that sounds awesome. I mean, you know, we get all excited about games with like really mind blowing gameplay, but sometimes these really thoughtful games kind of get like neglected and they get put by the wayside because they don't generate a lot of hype. And I think that these kinds of games are what elevate games as an art form. So I think it's awesome that you played this and that you brought this game up, because it's not something that we would really think about, like, you know, the top games of 2016 or whatever, but it's something that sounds like it definitely had an impact on you, and that you're going to remember it, so. Definitely. Absolutely. Um,
5: Yeah, I mean, like, when I came, when I was approached to join the podcast, and I had to think of... My game, like the first couple of things that came into my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about Skyrim. No, I'm going to talk about the Bioshock trilogy. Oh my god, Mass Effect, Shepard is my queen. Like, I had all these things in my head that I wanted to do, and then I really thought about it. I was like, no, I want to discuss this game on a platform, not knowing whoever's going to listen to it, but knowing that I think that this game deserves to be played with by whoever thinks that it's even a little bit interesting, because it really was transformative and such a piece of artwork and so i'd want more from this company like i think that they just did such a good job so i did that on purpose
2: yeah (laughs) that's wonderful thank you for sharing it absolutely yeah Mm -hmm.
0: uh all right
5: uh next
0: up uh is dream daddy by with walsh talking about it player five
4: okay all Um, right uh Hi, I'm here to talk about all the daddies that I've dated. Um, <laughs> so I remember, I remember, and I think it was very much because it's, you know, very much a, like a, you know, it was produced by Game Grumps. Um, so uh, very much it, it hit, like, the internet uh, very hard when it was coming out. Um, and a lot of people, you know, kind of knew what it was about and things like that. And I got the gist, but I, I, I find myself very much... Um, a bit busy to really like sit down and play a lot of games. I, I like the joke that I probably get through like one game a year. Uh, at least when it comes to console games. So I... But I had completely forgotten that it had come to mobile. And when I looked on it at the app store. I just saw that it was free. Uh, which I found really interesting. Um, so the, the way that they set it up to make it free. Is uh, you have... Uh, Has anybody here played Dream Daddy? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. So um, they have like an introduction section where you uh, meet a lot of the other dads uh, in your neighborhood that you have just moved to. Uh, And by the time that you really get to know a bit about each of them, um, your daughter Amanda, uh, Amanda helps you set up like a dad book page. To kind of interact with and message these other dads, and you, uh, if you like, want to explore any of like and really date a dad, it really takes like three dates to really get going. Um, and they set you up with you get three messages for free, and then if you wanted to pay for another three messages, it's five dollars, or if you can get unlimited messages for fifteen. Uh, which is the price of the full game if you were to get it uh, anywhere else? So I used my three messages. Originally, I was going to go for Matt because I thought, because um, like Matt's the hottest one. Um, that's, not <laughs> like, that's not like that's not like that's Matt and is the hottest
1: name.
4: Yes, uh, <laughs> although it's spelled with one T. Yeah,
1: that I- pisses me off. Never mind, I take it back.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he is, uh, he's the barista, Like, he's uh, a doormat? Or yes. Or a bath mat? Yeah, spelled like that. I was like... Yeah. I, I That was the one thing that's stopping me. I was like, mm, a little, little <laughs> hipster here, <laughs> huh? Um, but he definitely, he definitely... I, guess, I think, like, out of all of them, he has that kind of, I guess, hipster vibe. He runs a, like, a coffee shop. Um, he's a single father. Um, uh, with his daughter... Oh my God, I'm trying to remember. Um, starts with a C. If you look, uh, up ca- Matt, uh,
0: uh, Dream Daddy on Google Images, the fourth image in is him getting high. It's I don't I don't know what the internet. Yeah, his daughter Carmen uh, Carmen Sita. What,
4: what, you, what, what What did you Google, Matt Dream Daddy? I just did Matt Dream Daddy.
0: Uh, but anyway, sorry. Continue what you were. But yeah,
4: were so saying. but I uh, yeah it is. <laughs> Looks like somebody's like, um, uh, I guess, like thumbnail that they made. Uh, But I ended up going after Damien, the one that dresses like a goth vampire, Um, Uh. just just because. And that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Um, I usually I I've I've found myself very. attached to a lot of mobile games that can keep me very entertained. So the fact that it was a game that, you know, uh, was just a lot of reading initially, I was a little like, eh, and then they sucked me in. Um, and I probably finished the the full... Damien's full story with, like, the three messages in probably, like, two hours. Um, but then there is, of course, like, a bunch of replay value going through all the seven different dads, um, cool. But yeah, and then if you if you complete one daddy, then you get like one more free message. Um, but it wasn't even like like that. Intros actually it probably took me more like three hours because that intro sequence was like a full hour of gameplay and then even between those dates there's a whole lot of other story that goes on in between and it wasn't like i didn't necessarily feel like i was disappointing too many other dads and it all still felt like i still loved all of the characters despite like a lot of the a lot of the choices that i picked i think the only nitpicks i might have was i wish there was more like character selection options as um, I found I like I love the style of the game, and I really like the um, the character designs for all of the NPCs. But when you design your character, there are just like I just don't like a lot of like the character options for like eyes and nose and mouth. Um, but I, I found that
1: with with a lot of character creators that they just like the the end result that you get isn't as it doesn't feel quite right yeah could be
4: yeah that was that was what i initially felt it felt like they were like oh we'll add you know options for like dan and aaron like look it's aaron's hair and look it's danny's hair and then right. we'll add like right. some other ones um that that like weren't weren't too bad i think the ones that really got me though was like the eyes were almost all of the eyes looked like like just like a little like weird and like tired and shady um or like straight up like crazy. Um,
5: Do you guys normally find that you spend a lot of time in character creation if you're given a lot of options?
4: Yes. Yep. Yeah. But okay, I so... I would I would much rather like spend like a f- full amount of time in character creation making something I'm happy with than being like there's just there's just no good option here.
0: Yeah. So
5: like that is the running joke with Anthony and I is that he. Like, if I have put 500 hours into Skyrim, at least 200 of them have been in character creation. Like, (laughs) I am obsessed with building my characters, and he makes fun of me so
1: hard. It's like, um... Skyrim has a great creator, too, so, like, I don't blame you.
2: It's like, I'm at the end credits, and I'm like, oh, man, can't believe I just... What a good playthrough. And Kelsey's, like, selecting her character's tattoo, and she's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, pretty
5: much, so the I, I don't know if it would be, like, beneficial to me to have a character menu where I have very few options and I'm gonna be pissed about my ultimate character, because that is just- that is a black act- hole for you'll me. You'll
1: actually get to play the game.
5: Right, exactly. Like, I'll actually play Dream Daddy. Um, which I have to say that because I did the thing and I went to Google Images and I started looking at the various daddies, there's a lot of fan art out there for this game. Mm.
4: Oh, oh, I can imagine.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Like, a lot. <laughs> so, so, uh i yeah i i played through it and i i actually i think i also went for matt um in my in i i did a let's play of it back when i used to do youtube um but the i I, yeah i i I like the game and what i appreciated was that like because it's the game grumps and that it's uh, literally a dating similar simulator about dads like you think like okay this is just gonna be one big joke but it wasn't it was there is some really genuinely good character building that they were doing for a simulator a dating simulator and it wasn't they weren't making a joke about these like these relationships that were being built they, these are all single dads they're just trying to live their lives and you got that it was not just like them trying to get into a romantic you know trying to break through romantically but they're also trying to Take care of their daughters, and you as a character also tr- experience that with your daughter as well.
4: Yeah, no, there, yeah, there's straight up scenes where it's just like, oh God, what's like the right position? Like, what should I do as a parent right now for my daughter? Yeah, uh, and... and you you bond with a lot of these other dads with like, parenting is like hard, but like we just want to be good dads. Hmm.
5: It, it, it's. Do it's they have so sons good. or they all have daughters?
4: No, no, no. Some of them have sons. Some of them have uh, oh, okay. have daughters. Um, I think most of them are younger than your daughter. Um, some of them have, like, multiple kids. Some of them only have one. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the case with, uh, quite a few of them. I think, I think two of them have sons. Actually, I don't even, the path I took, I didn't even find out one of the other one's kids. And I, I'm I'm actually really considering dropping fifteen dollars on this game. Um, it's
0: it's it might be worth it just to see kind of like it's especially because like it, it's such a well-written game. Uh, I well I've I've played I paid full price for it when it came out, but uh, it's it's just it is a very like articulately like really wonderful. Uh, uh, like like writing uh, or like script reading experience. That's really, that's not the right way to put that. But you know, you understand what I mean by that. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, it's, it's just, it's very nice and I, I enjoy I, that thoroughly.
1: I, I do want to read off this line from the um, from the, the app store screenshots that is... Oh my god, I uh, took
4: screenshots while I was playing.
1: Sometimes the butts are more symbolic. Sometimes the butts are metaphors. Sometimes art is about the butts they don't draw.
4: Uh, yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and,
1: and but did you get to the minigames? because I thought
4: the, there was like mini games. Yeah. Oh, like oh in- my god. The mini I hit I hit a mini game and it scared the shit out of me because I didn't expect there to be a mini game yeah, of they, fucking nowhere and it was a timed
0: minigame and I was like, "Ooh." There's shit. like mini games for like each of the dads that you deal with and it's actually it's genuinely like it changes the game a little bit <laughs> but like just temporarily. But like it's it it, it is really cool that they give you like they they, you it's much more than just like reading text and selecting the right options for that text like you you there is some points where you get you get to like well it's it's mainly during dates that 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 this happens um it's um it's really yeah it's a really great game
4: yeah i just i just shared some screenshots that i took some of my favorites was um actually you can see my character in the in the bottom bottom left um that Shut really up,
1: looks like you. Holy shit!
4: I don't know why. I I think like the <laughs> eyes are a little crackhead ish. Yeah. Um, but but other than uh, and the like hair I said, could be a little longer. Like well, thank no, you. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, like Amanda, he opened up a new jar of marinara sauce and then he drank it like it was a thing that normal people do. It was unholy. And then I asked him what the hell he was doing, and he said, "I and I quote, it's basically a smoothie, bro." <laughs> 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 or, or since I was going through the Damien route, um, it turned out that Damien was, uh, as like a slight spoiler, uh, despite his scary aesthetic, is a bit scared of horror movies, which I found quite funny. Um, but Damien, being uh, trying to act tough, like I, of course, I have a favorite horror movie. Mine is Halloween Town. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot of, lot of references in the game as well. It's it's yeah, it's a great experience. Um, any other thoughts on Dream Daddy?
5: I feel like somebody needs to give Brian Harding some love. Dream Daddy Brian.
0: Oh, uh, yes, yes. I, I wait. Was 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 Brian the the heavy one? Yes. He, he. I think that I actually was the guy went for him. Uh, during one of my <laughs> Did playthroughs. You really? Yeah, I think he so. He
5: is uh, essentially a gingered, short haired Anthony. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anthony has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's such a cool concept. I really like that they turned like an established like. I'm I'm not really part of this genre, so I don't want to. No, I'm not even. I'm not play.
4: even like a. I'm, I don't even play a lot of dating games. Honestly,
5: Me Matt's like I don't really date daddies. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the genre is very like samey. Like it's very like the characters look one way they're all like heteronormative and this takes that concept and it flips it on its head and it kind of like reinvents it for a new audience and i think there's something so amazing about that yeah
0: it's it's really cool and i I appreciate the grumps for for going in that direction um no
4: i yeah and and even more than just the grumps i think it was like um Leighton and Vernon, very specifically, who like yeah, the, the, wanted to create the, the game. It's it was um,
0: like it was like the the game. It was the Green group's brand was on it, but yeah, it was it was a lot of it was uh, some of their back behind the scenes people, like you said, Vernon and, and all that. But
4: yeah, no, I. But yeah, like my favorite character, like is my daughter. That's mm-hmm. no doubt already, and like despite only like existing in this space for a bit, I am already like proud of my fictional daughter. <laughs> um and and in a lot of games like this where you're da- in like a dating sim um sometimes you know or from what I've noticed your like your character your kind of like blank face character can be very bland um mm-hmm. but uh, you kind of actually like get to enjoy your character too as well um whether it be like all right I'm going like Damn all I, all I had planned tonight was to just open up a tub of ice cream and just like sit down but <laughs> I should make something <laughs> up if I'm going to if I'm going to seem cool. Yeah. <laughs> um but but yeah, all of the characters are just like really interesting to me um and the fact that there are so many options um and I think the only other nitpick was like I I, I was like already ready at the beginning like I want to make more choices <laughs> but it really isn't until like it's less like um it's less choose your own ending-y and more kind of like sit along for the ride, which is fine. Um because it's more like instead of it being like, you know, like, do you wanna end up with this person or that person based on your choices right now? It's more like, alright, I'm gonna to choose to explore this person, and then I should make choices along the way that would be my best like the best result for the date because i like that person
1: gotcha i have to
5: say that while i have heard of this game i had absolutely no idea that it was related to game grumps and not that i follow game grumps really and like i really only know about them through you guys um but i think that's really interesting like i was really excited when i heard that just now i was like it is from who they yeah. did what? Like I didn't know this was them mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it,
0: like like I said, it was a lot a lot more like the people behind the scenes. But I think like Aaron uh, drew some of the characters. I think, or, or and... I'm pretty
1: sure Aaron also voices the the blonde one. Yes, and yes. and Dan
0: Dan voices a, a character in there as well. I think yeah. Barry, yeah, Dan, uh, with,
4: with them at the time voiced a character Ross. I think he voices a character. Yeah, Dan that. Dan voiced Richard, who's like the kind of brooding, mysterious one. Mm-hmm. Um. Erica Ishii voiced, uh, uh, Amanda, who's the daughter, um, and, yeah, I know Barry, I think, yeah, voiced Brian, like you guys said, the, uh, the, uh, the shorter-haired-gingered Anthony. Yes. Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, yeah, if you, if you guys are at all interested, like I was saying, it's just, like, free on the App Store, just sitting there, and you can, like, date your daddy for free, like, if there's one you're already interested in, um, yeah. yeah, perfect. Um, all right, uh, with
0: that, last game of the night, we're gonna talk some Pokemon, specifically Gen Five.
1: Matt, take yes. it away. So uh, the reason I did Gen Five was because I replayed uh, Pokemon Black and Pokemon White Two, which are just those those two specific versions that I have, uh, Black and White, and then their direct sequels, Black and White Two, um, for the DS. Are honestly, legitimately one of my some of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I usually count Pokemon Black as as like my favorite uh, specifically, but after replaying both of them uh, within the past week and a half or so, I just this was kind of just the most fun I've had playing through a, a Pokemon game again in a, in a long time. Um, it, it's weird going back to old Pokemon games, because there's a lot of, uh, quality of life changes that have been introduced in newer generations, especially, especially with Sword and Shield. Sword, Sword and Shield are some of the, uh, friendliest Pokemon games in terms of what you're able to do, and not all of those features were in, uh, black and white. Um, so, just replaying those has been, uh, uh been a really fun time. I beat White 2 yesterday, and, uh, just... Just really loved it. Um, some concepts, uh, some uh, context for Pokemon, rather, um, because other than Gabe, no one really in here I would, is a huge Pokemon fan. I think I, Anthony I
0: played early games, some early games.
1: I'd say I'm like a casual Pokemon. Yeah, um, yeah. Gabe and I are really hardcore fans. Um, just for for context um, mm-hmm. for listeners, so. Pokemon Black when it came out it was the it was the fifth generation, so the fifth new region, the new stuff coming out, and it alienated a lot of people because at at some point it w- it was revealed that there were no Pokemon from previous games coming back for the main story. There would be in the post game you could transfer them over, but for playing through the game, it was an entirely new Pokedex. Uh, 156 new Pokemon, which is more than the original and the more, uh, the most number of new Pokemon ever introduced, which is a fun fact. And uh, you went through the Univer region, which was also the first region not based on Japan. It's based on uh, Manhattan and New York City in general. Um, so basic idea of a Pokemon game, if for some reason people don't know, you go through the region you uh, fight gym leaders, collect badges, and you try to defeat an evil team. One of the things that set Pokemon Black in particular apart was that the the evil team, Team Plasma, was really central to the story, and instead of like, oh, we're going to take over the world, or we're going to do steal people's Pokemon, or, or something their whole shtick was that they wanted to liberate Pokemon from people Mm-hmm They wanted to, uh, they wanted for all humans to release their Pokemon. They said that humans didn't treat Pokemon well. And it, it was a, it it was, it was presented in a way that, uh, that made you kind of think about it. Made you think about, like, the, the relationships between humans and Pokemon in the context of the game, what it means for them. And the, the, you find out the, the leader of Team Plasma is this character named N who you, Meet a couple times throughout the game, who is dead set on because of how he was raised, dead set on releasing Pokemon and and making it so that uh, that Pokemon would no longer be harmed by selfish humans. And despite that, as as N went throughout the game, N was a very sheltered kid. You find out, and as he interacts with you more, he sees the he sees the duality. He sees that not every issue is black and white.
4: What? And there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of
1: <laughs> No, like it, it it's funny to say that, but the uh it, there there's so many variances and and nuances in all uh in all of these all of these things. Like yeah, some po- some people use pokemon for evil and and some use them for good and there's there's no clear-cut answer for what should happen um and that story uh Kelsey talked a lot about like storytelling um this this story really drew me in and it is the most narrative driven Pokemon game um to to date and for for that reason it's always one of my favorites to go back and replay just to experience how good of a story that is again and then the the sequel games which Pokemon has never done before literally direct sequels to the to the first games in the series they happen 2 years after the fact and even though the story isn't quite as involved as the first one the the second one has an amazing set of pokemon for you to choose from they bring back pokemon from past games past regions mm-hmm. and to be able to use during the main story and the specific selection that they brought back combined with the gen 5 Unova pokemon make my favorite pokédex in the in the entire series is in black and white two there's just so many so many good options to choose from they were they, it was actually called really black and white two black Pokemon black 2 and Pokemon white two yes
0: huh okay I, I for whatever reason I was thinking like oh they must have renamed it but I didn't know I <laughs> know it was just oh yeah. it, wow that's interesting okay
1: yeah so um the I, I wanted to say the teams that I played played through with just because the um they they were uh, some some great teams, and I got to use a, a couple of familiar Pokemon and a, co- and a lot of new Pokemon. So when I played through Black, I was able to use Embor, Seismitoad, Scolipede, Cofagrigus, Chinchino, and Ferrothorn. And then in White 2, I used Samurott, Lucario, Umbreon, Darmanitan, Galvantula, and Gliscor. And I just... I it, The challenge of team building and making a really balanced team is something that I like to do in single-player Pokemon games a lot. Um, I've kind of been dominating this. So, does anyone else have any other thoughts? No, or well,
4: we,
0: yeah, I wanted to get let you give your your spiel on that. I um yeah, this for those for those who I, I, I as someone who is completely does not know Pokemon whatsoever, I I do enjoy huh. a good story. But for those of you who have played Pokemon or even have played this game, like, what's your thoughts on on something like this where about a very uh, a Pokemon game that is more narrative narratively driven than in other games?
2: I think it's something they sometimes struggle with. Um, I feel like a lot of the Pokemon games that I've had, that I've played, haven't really had, like, strong narratives, you know? Yeah. It's like, you want to become a champion, so go out there and do it, you know? So, it's interesting to hear that Black and White had a strong narrative, because when I played them, I didn't really, like, catch on to them, and then when they came out with Black 2 and White 2, I was like... Yeah, look, it's so shallow that they don't even give it a new name, you know. So, it was it was really interesting to hear you share that and it's like it's also not the first time that I've heard it. You know, I feel like if I'm ever going to go back and maybe give another Pokemon game another chance, I think
1: that's going to have to be the one. I I would definitely agree, especially if you're if you're looking for a good narrative. Um Black is Black and White are the best at that and the and there's, um, they're the most story involved. Sun and Moon are pretty story involved, but the the story in Black is better, and there's way less cutscenes in Black than there is Sun and Moon. Um, but yeah, it, I I wholeheartedly recommend it. I also think it's great for if you haven't played Pokemon in a while, because you're not gonna be able to use things that you're familiar with. You can't use uh you can't use your Arcanine or your Charizard. It's it's all new stuff. That, but well, it, it's weird saying new because that it was it was a decade ago. But it's for for the game when the game came out, it was all new Pokemon that um, that you're able to use. That's awesome. Uh,
0: my, I, I guess uh, my uh, uh, my question for for you guys is, or for, at least for you, Go Cubs is, um, you know, the Pokemon. Like the the I, I for me I always find that the Pokemon has or there's always like the iconic Pokemon of every single one of these games or what each generation. Uh, mm-hmm. What 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 were the Pokemon that maybe most people fell in love with? It maybe reached the mainstream. Uh, was there? Um, I, I know you mentioned Lucario because I just I just know okay Lucario is from Smash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like um, but like what what did, did like. I know that you said the reaction back then was controversial, but like, um, with having all these these new Pokemon, have they become have it have they gotten the respect that they deserved
1: later so, now and gotten
0: the recognition of it?
1: It's funny you say that because one of the criticisms was the Pokemon from the game, and I love a a lot of Unova's uh, Pokemon. Um, everyone pointed to the ice cream cone Pokemon and said, "Game Freak's running out of ideas." <laughs> Cause there's an ice cream that becomes like, it's a, it's a little cone that becomes a, a bigger single scoop cone that then becomes a double scoop cone. It's an ice type. Yeah. And everyone's like, game freaks right out of, out of ideas. It's stupid. Um, and there's bitch, like a, there's bitch a shut like, up.
4: I love that. But like, yeah, no, it's, a, I it's
1: great. That. No, it's great. But that was the, that was the general reaction at the time.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, there was also the, Oh, it's just a, it's just a trash Pokemon literally made out of trash. Um, Trubbish and garboder are trash Pokemon um, so that, that was another argument that, that there were a lot of Pokemon designs that kind of kind of got infamous just because of how um, how bad they looked to the general populace but I don't think that necess- at least in most Pokemon circles that narrative isn't around anymore which is good mm-hmm. I would say the most common Pokemon that got really popular were uh, excadrill. Cause it was it was a beast in competitive Pokemon. Um, it's it's this like mole thing that has a drill on its head and drills on its arms. It's really cool. And then Zoroark, which is a a black fox Pokemon. It's a trophy in Smash Bros. Not a not a fighter though. Um, this one you've you've probably seen all like an image of it.
0: Sure. Um, okay. Yeah, I was just I was just kind of curious because I I feel like every new installment of Pokemon nowadays yeah i do i do recognize that now that, yeah that, um but i i like i always from for just standing on the outside pokemon fans seem to be more upset with the game the more games come out <laughs> and and it's and it, like i get it like i i mean i think all of i, I think everyone there there is like this little bit of of Maybe it's entitlement or whatever it is that people, that Pokemon fans or generally gaming fans have, when the new installment of like a a popular game series comes out, because they think, okay, this one's going to be bigger and better, but like they also expect everything to remain the same.
1: Um, And they also they also simultaneously want Game Freak to take more time on Pokemon games and also want to come out every year.
0: Right. So it's like like I'm just I, I I guess the. My takeaway from it is that like they there is there seems to be a lot of like of these like replayable Pokemon games uh, all of the Pokemon games seem to be very replayable, so like if people are really itching for anything, like they can go go find a Pokemon game that kind of works for them
1: um, yeah and there there are so many ways to play through Pokemon games. You can use Pokemon you've never used before. I did that with these playthroughs, and I loved it mm. I loved using these Pokemon and trying to find new strategies to do it with. Um, and I, even Pokemon I've used before, I've used Umbreon tons of times because it's, it's, it's one, of my fa- one of my all-time favorites. And I, I used it in a little bit different of a way this time, and it, it won me the game. Uh, <laughs> it won me the sure. champion champion battle as a result. So, and you can do challenge runs. You can do Nuzlocks, You can play the game through it without using any items. You can play the game through it without with only using items and not using the Pokemon Center at all.
0: Mm. Um, <laughs> any any other thoughts on Pokemon Gen Five?
1: Gabe, you being the other Pokemon fan in here, what are your thoughts?
3: Um, they're good. They're
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That's fair.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I can't say my prices about it enough. I think it's the best that Pokemon has ever been. And I, 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 I've, I've loved all the games that have that have come out, but there's just something, something special about Gen 5 that I keep coming back to and keep enjoying every time that I experience it.
0: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, um, with that, I think we have reached the end of the first episode of the Gaming Coop. Yeah. Um, you guys kicked ass. Uh, this was a great uh, experience. Uh, generally, like I think what I look forward for this podcast is just you know and I I love the conversations that we had here, and I think that what's and I, I I was talking about this with you guys with I think feel like all of you guys have had this conversation with, but like there, there's such a massive issue with gaming discourse nowadays that like the no matter where you lie on a video game like someone's going to have the will have a, the opposite opinion of you and they they then some people will go out of their way to just be like no you're wrong and be like y- you, you like this game this you you enjoy this game it's trash or you think this game is not good well then f- go fuck yourself and it's just like that's that's the gist of gaming discourse and i would love i love i would love it if this space like if we could replicate this kind of discourse throughout all of our episodes and I know that we will um you know just be able to be like you know hey we have like we have our we have our criticism of games and we have the praise for the games but overall we just are loving what we have uh played recently and uh I encourage anyone who is listening to this um and to join the conversation by using the hashtag gamingcoop or and and please add us at the game get the gaming coop yes that twitter account is officially now active uh by the time (laughs) you start seeing this um and uh yeah you will see us in about a month's time not an exact month but around a month from now we will come back with a new episode uh and we'll see uh we'll see who who's here and who's not uh we're we'll uh we'll uh obviously we'll just keep on going from here, but I feel like this is a good start to everything. Any other thoughts before we end it off from anyone else? Cool, guys. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Who's who's your
4: dream daddy?
5: Uh... Anthony. Aww. 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 (laughs) Thanks. (gasps) What?
4: Congratulations! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, all right. Well, that, that, and that does it for us, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Game on. The Gaming Coop is brought to you by Team Chaos Productions. Follow us on Twitter at The Gaming Coop, or follow our other work at Team Chaos Pods.